were pressing on the upward way. Mm. New heights were gaining every day. Still praying as I onward, as I'm onward bound, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. That's the name of this uh, hymn, Higher Ground, and we'll be talking about why we chose this particular hymn later in the uh, podcast. We'd like to welcome you to the Pearls of Biblical Wisdom uh, podcast ministry. And uh, so uh, thankful uh, Ben and I were just talking about it. Ben's my son. We've been uh, praying and planning, praying and planning this podcast for, <laughs> I don't know how long, uh, Ben, maybe what, six months or so? Yeah, or? almost six months. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. So good to have him here with me today. And I'm going to let him uh, share a little bit about himself and uh, you know, where he works and different things like that, just so you can get to know him uh, a little better. Well, thank you, Dad. It's a privilege to be a part with you today. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, my name is Ben Cook. I'm the seventh uh, child of Randy and Vicki Cook. Uh, been married now for almost six years to my wife, Eva uh, Johnson. And we live out in Greer, a little bit of the uh, furthest of the in-town cooks uh, mm. that we've been living out there. It's um, been good. But, uh, yeah, we've been working for engineered systems uh, ever since I got out of high school, uh, kind of a point that we'll bring up later too, but uh, that means that I've been out there for almost uh, 10, 11 years at this point, and um, kind of unique talking to some of the different people there, feel like a, almost like a, a young uh, senior, <laughs> uh, a lot of them don't, uh, uh, new hires and whatnot are much older than me at this point still too, so... Mm. But yeah, so that's just a little bit about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So uh, I don't know, well, I mean, two and a half years ago, uh, before I retired uh, being the senior pastor of uh, Greenville Christian Fellowship here in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, we usually have our family over to the house on Sundays, and Ben was among those in the family over on that particular Sunday I'm talking about now, about two and a half years ago, and we were talking about my future and the Lord's uh, calling upon my life in the retirement years. And somehow or another, Ben, I don't remember how we got to it, but you brought up about possibility of a, a podcast-type ministry. And uh, what do you remember what you had in mind back when you said that? It, it It's not necessarily crystal clear, but I definitely remember um, as we were talking about different avenues and um, mm -hmm. opportunities that you were looking forward to, um, there was something that I just pricked my heart that uh, mm -hmm. was telling me you enjoy the uh, possibility to share your burden mm -hmm. uh, uh, and then you, you communicate very well, especially mm -hmm. with the electronics and whatnot. Um, and we've been talking about podcasts through different ones that you've been listening to and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just almost like something in my spirit was telling me, you know. Maybe, maybe I could do something yeah. like that. And it, a lot of it had to do with home, family, marriage. A lot of it had to do with your upbringing and your siblings' upbringings and what took place mm -hmm. in our home as far as uh, parenting and discipling, shepherding. And so when I started this uh, podcast, um, I intentionally focused it on fathers and the home and marriage. And and uh, today, uh, we want to try to focus on character mm. in the home. And uh, Ben knows I emphasize that a lot 
as he was growing up. I emphasized him in the pastoral ministry a lot and in the home a lot. And Ben and I have talked about this. Uh, ben had, has had lots of opportunities in his life to uh, integrate character into different aspects of his life, which we'll be talking about later. And we want to start with a, a definition of what character is. And there's a book we'll be quoting from in this podcast. It was written by John and Susan Yates. Uh, the book we're quoting from today, we'll be quoting from it several times. It's entitled, What Really Matters at Home? And the subtitle is, Eight Crucial Elements of Building Character in Your Home. And I would like to read their definition of uh, character. And then you and I, Ben, can interact a, uh, a little bit here about uh, exactly what is character. Character in its most basic sense is simply the essential quality of, of something. It's the essence of what something or someone is made. But we are using the word in this book to describe the moral constitution of someone. The inner quality of an individual which issues in behavior or what determines whether a person will behave in an honorable way or a dishonorable way. It is what we are really like when all the veneers are stripped away. It's what we are like when no one is around and no one is looking and no one will find out. And I commented on uh, my definition of uh, character, uh, the difference between character and reputation. Mm -hmm. You and I were talking about reputation, you know, is what people uh, think of you outwardly, what they see outwardly in your life. And character is what you really are inwardly. And, of course, um, David, there's a, a phrase in the Old Testament that uh, God speaks of in his word. He said, David did that which was right in the eyes of of God. Of God, the eyes of the Lord. So, um, you know, God, it tells us when um, Samuel went to anoint a king uh, there with Jesse's sons, and they had all the sons come out there. And, um, you know, Samuel was saying, well, surely this is the Lord's choice. Surely this is the Lord's choice by looking at the outward appearance. Outward appearance. And it was in that context that uh, God tells us, Man looks on the outward appearance, and God looks on the heart. So character is what we really are in the heart, and especially the intent of our heart mm -hmm. and the motives of our heart. You know, the Bible talks about in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, God's Word pierces when we read the Word of God and we hear the Word of God being preached or some something like this. God's word pierces to the dividing asunder of our soul and spirit in the inner man. It's like God's doing heart surgery. He's doing heart surgery of what's really in our heart. And it says he, he's a discerner as we go in the word of God and the Holy Spirit unveils our heart condition that God is a discerner of the intent of the heart, the motives of the heart. So a lot of that gets down to what we really are inwardly, and only only God ultimately can uh, define that. So I like the the little phrase, "Don't 
rely on your press report. <laughs> when people think well of you, uh, think about what does God see about you? And furthermore, you know, the same people that cried Hosanna, some of the same people that cried Hosanna when the Lord came into the city of Jerusalem on the donkey, some of the same crowd just a little bit while later cried crucify him. So a man's opinions or man's views about us and what they see or how they interpret is pretty fickle and very changeable. So you have any thoughts on that, Ben? I appreciate what you were even uh, honing in on there when you're talking about the difference of reputation, um, your intentions there. Uh, you can say the right things. You can do the right things. Uh, and people will obviously give you the glory uh, and the, the time of day that you quote-unquote deserve there. But when all that's taken away, you know, that's what we're talking about here, what God's actually seen is if, if, if man wasn't even in the picture and you were just there and you hit your thumb mm. uh, mm. and, you know, what's the first thing that comes to mind? What's the first thing mm. you say? Mm. You know, if you, if you make a mistake uh, in an important project, uh, you know, who... And what are you to blame? You know, where are you going to try to divert that? Or are you going to try to own up to it? Those are those are the type of questions that we're talking about That's here. true. You know, mm. it's it's not necessarily important what people think of you when you're in the casket, when, when you're no longer here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just going to yep. fade away with time. That's true. That's exactly right. It makes me think of uh, the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, it talks about in 1 Corinthians 3 that... We as believers must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and we we're going to be judged by fire. It talks about being judged by fire, and it says the fire will not test how much we've done, not uh, the quantity, but uh, the fire will test the quality of what we've done. It talks about uh, every man's work as believers will be tested by fire, and it talks about be careful how you build. As a believer, you can be building with wood, hay, and stubble, mm-hmm. or gold, silver, and precious stones. And when we pass through the fire at the judgment seat of Christ, what's wood, hay, and stubble where our intent and our motive and our ambitions were self-oriented, self-interest, self-gain, self-glory, self-aggrandizement, even if we were doing uh, you know, a good work, but we we're doing it for our own self-promotion, it could just be all wood, hay, and stubble, you know, and a lot of smoke mm-hmm. at the judgment seat of Christ. So these are important uh, concerns when we talk about uh, a man's character. Now, virtue in the Bible is a, a word to focus on, especially in the New Testament, as to a definition of character. And uh, in Second Peter chapter 1, there's seven qualities, uh, seven characteristics that God talks about in Second Peter 1. And he says, if you add these seven characteristics into your Christian life, they will make you to not be barren nor unfruitful. He says you will not be barren in your Christian life, and you will not be unfruitful in your Christian life. In other words, your Christian life will blossom with multiplied fruitfulness, and there won't be the barrenness. And it starts with the two qualities in that seven. It says, first of all, faith. And then it says, add to your faith virtue. Now that's character right there, virtue. Uh, I'm going to give you a definition of virtue um, as I understand it. It's the moral excellence 
and purity of spirit that radiates from my life when my inner soul and spirit are in right fellowship with Christ. So whenever the inside of me is in proper fellowship with Christ, it will radiate out of me as far as my actions and behavior because it's being done with the motives that are Godward, you know, God's kingdom, God's name, God's glory. And so that's in Second Peter 1, and it says if you add the knowledge before the character, before the virtue, it's, it's add to your faith virtue, and then add to your virtue knowledge. If you skip the virtue character part, mm-hmm. you know, 1 Corinthians 8 says knowledge puffs up a man. So that's why in our home, in our family, I tried to uh, diligently work on these character qualities because you can be quoting Bible verses and be full of pride and ego and self-righteousness. And you can be puffed up with your knowledge of the Bible, you know, uh, but if we're developing Christ-like character, lowliness, meekness, humility, and so forth, then you can add knowledge, whether it's, you know, knowledge at school or knowledge in Sunday school or knowledge as far as reading a book. Um, you're able to take that knowledge in and sift it through. How can this help me to be like Christ in my character, in the inner man, without the uh, self-interest to it? Mm-hmm. So go ahead. There was, uh, even in uh, our church at Greenville Christian Fellowship, that's something that I've appreciated a lot is that uh, talking to some of the uh, older ones in the fellowship. You know, I'm talking of the uh, the missionaries that have come in and, um, you know, seniors and whatnot. When you're talking to them and you're gleaning wisdom from them, their, their intention is to purely help uh, us to guide us. Um, and, mm. and the ulterior motives don't come through when you're talking with your peers or with others that are around you. Because they understand they've gone through rough times, they've gone through good times, they've seen that the Lord is good and pure through all of that. Mm. Uh, so growing mm. uh, to actually have a more pure and reputable mm. uh, heart in mm. the sight of God is first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And so taking heed the wisdom, both parents and your elders that you're around, um, give you an opportunity to actually see how you can you can live out this virtue without putting the self inside of it. Because of others that have already walked down the road and learned the lessons that, that, that we're talking about right now. Right. Okay. Now, the foundational character quality when it comes to uh, character, uh, we, you and I were talking about this, and I was listing a couple of character qualities we'll talk about in a minute that the Lord Jesus brought to our attention in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, you uh, brought up uh, the foundational character quality in the Old Testament. And what did you see there, Ben? Uh, One of our favorite things to do as a family, uh, nice and early, 7 a.m., is to have a (laughs) uh, time together. You've probably heard on this podcast, we would call it a wisdom search. And we did that by going through Proverbs most of the time, not always. But uh, we went through uh, Proverbs and Psalms quite a lot. Mm. The reason for that is because it says right there at the beginning, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom in all your gettings, get understanding. And again, that goes back to uh, the very 
what we said essence here, the, the foundation to who you're going to be is you have to start out by having a true understanding. You actually have to start by understanding what's in front of you. Mm. And that's why wisdom is mm. first and foremost is that uh, you can't just go with the first thing that goes to the top of your head. Mm -hmm. um, you can't even you know trust your instincts a lot of the times. You have to... Um, Not lean on your own understanding. Correct. But yeah. in all your ways, acknowledge God and His Word and the Holy Spirit giving you the wisdom you need. Right, right. So uh, to me, uh, this idea of uh, wisdom and, you know, God tells us, and James, if any man lack wisdom, well, obviously, God's saying every man lacks wisdom. Right. So we need to ask God for wisdom. We don't naturally have it. We just said, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Christ. So we don't have it naturally, so we need to ask God for it. When God gives us that wisdom, it's like a new set of glasses he gives us or a, a, a grid by which we can interpret the circumstances of what's happening to us. Otherwise, we're trying to interpret what's happening to us with our own mind and our own understanding instead of looking at it from God's frame of reference. One of the definitions about uh, wisdom that we learn together as a family is wisdom is seeing and responding to life situations from God's frame of reference. So I just want to mention a couple of illustrations here to illustrate what I'm talking about as far as how we might have the wrong grid, mm -hmm. the wrong interpretation of how we're looking at circumstances. There was a man in the Old Testament, Shemai, and he was raking David over the coals. I mean, he was giving him a mouthful of accusations and condemnation and just railing at David. And one of David's men said, uh, do you want me to go over and cut that guy's head off? <laughs> Literally. You know, he shouldn't be talking to the king like that. Now, that man's grid was, we need to go get after him and stop him from doing what he's doing. There's no, nothing good coming from this. He shouldn't be talking that way, which is probably true. But sometimes God has a purpose in people talking to us a certain way like that. For instance, uh, in Psalms, it says God prepares a table of blessings for us in the presence of our enemies. So that was obviously an enemy of David. And David said to his man that wanted to go do, do that with good intentions, he said, don't, don't do anything like that. The Lord bid him to treat me this way. God's got a purpose for it. God's got a reason for it. And so David interpreted it with a different grid a different set of lens, different set of glasses. One day the Lord Jesus uh, was going through his uh, ministry there. Uh, actually, he was on his way to uh, Jerusalem uh, shortly before the crucifixion. And it says he set his face like a flint to go to Jerusalem. And he had to pass through one of the towns in Samaria. But because he had set himself like a flint to go to Jerusalem... The people in that one uh, Samaritan city did not receive him. And uh, James and John got very upset about the, re the, the lack of reception, the lack of honor of, of how they treated the Lord Jesus. 
And remember what the James and John wanted to do? <laughs> what was their grid? <laughs> they, not even worth staying around. <laughs> they, they said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven like Elijah did in the Old Testament? They were ready to zap them with divine fire from heaven, you know, through prayer. And uh, that was their grid. That was their frame. They didn't have God's frame of mind. And uh, the Lord had a different uh, take on that. Um, I forget exactly now what the Lord said. Oh, he said, he said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. The spirit you're having right now is not coming from the Holy Spirit. So even as apostles, you know, they were deceived inside of themselves as to the right understanding of this situation. How much more, you know, uh, can we be deceived? You know, we're uh, probably none of us have reached that uh, journey of being an apostle, walking with Christ like that. Uh, so it's very um, important that in all our ways, don't just look at it with our frame, own frame of reference. What's God's frame of reference? You got any thoughts on that? The, the understanding, even thinking about fruitful ministries and whatnot, uh I was just sitting here as you were uh, talking about uh, the construction workers luncheon. That was something that you have started, and that's been something that's been used of God mightily. Uh, there's been a lot of prayer. Uh, there's been a lot of fasting that's gone into that mm -hmm. as well. That was something that the Lord burdened with, you with, mm -hmm. and something that uh, before you enacted that, something that you um, made sure that the resources and everything was involved in. That's part of what wisdom really gets down to when you're seeing and then responding in the right way. Mm. There's many good opportunities out there, mm. but if the Lord's not calling you to mm. that, that's right. then it's not the right opportunity that's for right. you. That's you right. know, um, if, mm. if I was to try to do the same thing without the same resources, the same network, and the same blessing from the, the Holy Spirit, then it would be uh, futile and could ultimately be uh, destructive or just a waste of resources. Just waste, wasted yeah. time, wasted energy, a lack of fruitfulness. Because, uh, you know, God God hasn't called everybody to have that type of a, a ministry. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so uh, now we're uh, basically down to another point here. Why is character important? And I want to talk about the Lord Jesus here, Ben. Uh, the Lord Jesus himself brought up uh, about two character qualities in his life. And he said, look, uh, come unto me. If there's anybody out there that's weary and heavy laden, come unto me and learn of me. And then he pointed out two character qualities. Uh, he said, come unto me, for I am meek and lowly. So if somebody wanted to start with a study on character or uh, trying to meditate on what does the Bible reveal about character, that would be a great place mm -hmm. to start because you can find rest for your soul just by understanding meekness and lowliness. And the Lord Jesus uh, said, I will teach it to you. Learn of me and look at my life. You'll see these character qualities in my life. So that's one way, you know, if you want to study character quality, that's one way to do it. But if you do a search online, uh, there everybody kind of needs a list of character qualities with definitions, and there's many different ways you know to come up with that. But if you do a search online for operational definitions of 49 character qualities, you'll find a PDF 
that you can easily print out. And that's a good place to start also. But uh, just talk about uh, character in Christ here. And uh, I want to relate, you know, when we talk about character and having character, none of us can produce these character qualities humanly. The only way that we can have the right character within is we must relate the production of this character to Christ himself. Only Christ can produce the meekness and the lowliness. We, we've got to have Jesus Christ living in us. We've got to be saved. We've got to be born again. We're not just talking about character qualities for character quality's sake. We're talking about knowing Christ. And I want to say three things about that. Paul interpreted, I'm talking about the Apostle Paul, he interpreted all of his circumstances in life by relating the circumstances of his life to Christ, the gospel, and other believers. Now, you know, in Romans, it talks about all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to God's purpose. Well, what is God's purpose? Well, the next verse tells us that God foreordained, he predestinated that we as believers would be conformed, as you could say, to the character of Jesus Christ. And the King James it says, conform to the image of Christ. So our whole life purpose of going through this journey is to become like Christ in his character, to develop the character, to develop to have Christ's life manifested in our life. And so if you got a um, a situation in your life it's uh, uh adversity or pressure or problem or difficulty or challenge, ask yourself what character qualities can I develop through this adversity, through this pressure, through this problem? And if you've got those 49 or you got these two that Christ mentioned, you know, and or if you're alert to it in the Bible, you'll see many other character qualities. Then you can say, there's good in this situation. There's a blessing in this situation. This is going to help me become like Christ. Paul did that. Number two, he also interpreted his circumstances uh, not only as an opportunity to become like Christ, he interpreted his circumstances as an opportunity to make Christ known. Uh, when he was uh, writing the book of Philippians in chapter 1, he was writing from prison, and it's the joy book of the Bible. And he, he, all through Philippians, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I'm in prison. I don't want you to be down about it. I don't want you to be uh, negative about it. I don't want you to think, oh, poor Paul. He says, by me being in prison, the things that have happened to me of being in prison, in chapter 1, verse 12, it has fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel. And then he talks about the Praetorium Guard and how he's witnessing <laughs> to those Roman guards. And, you know, some of them were getting saved and so forth and so on. So uh, look for uh, whenever you got got uh, situations in your life that are pressing in on you and hard and difficult and challenging, look for the ways that through that Christ can be made known because people are watching your character. Hmm. They're watching to see how you're going to respond. And if they see you have a quietness, you have the meekness, you have the lowliness, you don't have the anger, you don't have the bitterness, so forth and so on, they're going to say, hey, you know, there's something different about you. Most people going through this would be all in disarray 
and worried and upset and angry and bitter, but you seem to have peace about it. You know, and the Bible says, be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason of the hope within you. If you're focused on responding to it with the character of Christ, those opportunities open up. And then thirdly, uh, how can my circumstances be an opportunity to encourage other believers? In chapter 1 of Philippians, verse 14, Paul said, Many of the brethren in the Lord are waxing confident by my bonds. So because of what other believers saw as to how Paul was responding to being in prison unjustly, mm-hmm. you know, he hadn't committed any crime, but other believers were becoming more bold to stand for Christ even if it meant them going to prison. So how can it help me to develop character like Christ? How can it help me to make Christ known? And how can other believers be encouraged? If you'll interpret it that way, take it through that grid, it'll help you. You see anything there you want to comment on? This is this is the meat of it right here. Uh, character, uh, these character qualities specifically um, pointing you to Christ. And for me in my own life, it's always been something that um, when I'm not sure what a verse is talking about, especially in the New Testament, where we're talking about different uh, events through Christ's life. If, if for me, looking through the, the frame of mind of what is he actually showing here? You know, there's, um, you know, the example of the feeding of the 5,000, you know, and that's obviously a wonderful miracle. Mm. You know, what's the point behind that? Obviously, it's not just so that people would get fed. Mm. Um, and so you look at these character qualities of why does he care for their physical needs? Yeah. He has compassion there. Mm. He's alert to it. Um, all these things that his life is showing. I mean, one of the reasons Christ came down mm. uh, to live on earth. Um, was to be the ultimate example, just as he is through the gospel, mm. to eradicate sin and the punishment for sin. Mm. It's also to give us that example to where we can have hope through our daily life to mm. look at, Amen. To, to, Amen. To, to hold, to cling to, just like the example of Paul. We need examples as believers mm. uh, to be able to see how to press on. And, and the character qualities of Jesus Christ, we will better understand who God is mm. and better understand how we fail mm. as we actually see uh, and or try to apply these more towards the the object of glorifying our Savior through them. Amen. Amen. Now, you uh, heard on a, I think it might have been another uh, podcast, mm-hmm. you heard about this girl that was memorizing Scripture. Tell us about uh, how that worked out in her life. Yeah, this was a, uh, a timely example as, you know, we've grown up memorizing Scripture and these character qualities and uh, the way that it, it's benefited in different ways. And then um, recently hearing this example, a young lady w- was describing how, um, you know, she too had also had the opportunity to, from a very young age, uh, memorize Scripture and when she was, you know, young, five, six, seven, eight, nine, um, she would memorize them and not really understand uh, really what the point of the scripture was. At a young age, obviously not to expect that. Um, and then when she was 12, 14, et cetera, and some of her teen years and, and whatnot, she would remember some of those verses as a difficult situation was coming up, such as a verse as, uh, you know, if you want friends, you know, you must first show yourself friendly. 
Um, obviously, that's a hard time for teenagers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, transition in schools and whatnot. Um, and and she started to understand um, through her earlier memorization, it was coming to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even later in her life, you know, more impactful parts of the scripture that you know, she wouldn't be able to necessarily memorize uh, in the latter years of her life, but she would come back to the ones because of her having an earlier time to memorize them. And so really the, the part that got to me is the application and the, um, the time frame that you start to commit to this. You know, character, it doesn't matter when you start memorizing Scripture or when you start to implement character qualities here. The sooner you start, the benefits will start immediately and be just like an investment. They'll be compounding Amen. as the Amen. years go. Amen. And and that uh, really took hold uh, for these character qualities because it's hard at the beginning because there's a lot of things that go wrong. Um, you make mistakes younger. I mean, between me and you, Dad, I think I make more mistakes than you do at this point in life. <laughs> well, we're, we're running a race on who's winning on that. <laughs> but, uh, but the point there is that um, when you start to implement diligence mm. early on, yeah. when you put in uh, truthfulness early on, mm. uh, when you put in loving, mm. uh, especially in a marriage, when you yeah. commit to loving yeah. and yeah. know what true love is from yeah. the very beginning. Amen. So that's just to name three, but the more that you start that today, mm. and then tomorrow gets a little bit easier and mm-hmm. a little bit fuller, mm-hmm. because now you have a basis of, I told the truth yesterday, I know what the full truth is, not just what people mm. want to see right. or want to hear, That's good. but I told, I told the full thing, and so it's actually easier. Your character is more reliable, um, and it becomes more... A pattern. That's exactly... A, a pattern know. response instead of just a one-time response that's right that's, that's good right. Ben now uh, before we move on to the next uh, category of what we want to talk about it reminds me of you talking about whether like you said get started as soon as possible because it'll pay rich dividends later you know the Bible talks about we reap what we sow mm-hmm. uh, but you don't reap what you sow at the moment you sow it mm-hmm. always <laughs> <laughs> You may be memorizing the scripture and all of a sudden something jump, jumps out at you and it grabs you. You may be memorizing the scripture and five years later when you're in a situation of desperation, God, by the Holy Spirit, brings that back to your remembrance. And it's powerfully there for you, like this young lady was talking about. You know, if you plant a squash one day, you don't go out the same day and reap the squash. I'm talking about a squash seed. If you plant the seed... You got to wait about three weeks or a month to get the squash. So that goes to your point of get started with it, mm-hmm. and the, the multiplied fruitfulness of it will follow. Now let's move on to our next point, okay? Uh, your experience in your teen years and preparing for the workforce, you were given a testimony about that. Tell us about it. That's, um, and that that's it exactly kind of piggybacking on our uh, what we were just describing is uh, I just very distinctly uh, remember. So I got I got saved um, when I was uh, about twelve or thirteen, um, and a complete transformation of my heart and and really my purpose in life. There, um, I started implementing these character qualities. It was you know a part of our daily life through our family testimonial uh, devotions and 
um, whatnot. So I had a very easy time implementing them uh, in high school. I started working for uh, neighbors and whatnot in the lawn care business. While I was working there, um, I found that I had skills and did not have skills in certain ways um, working a lot uh, during these high school years. And and the point of all this is that uh, during these times, I would make mistakes. You know, someone would say, hey, mulch uh, around this flower bed, whatnot. And I didn't necessarily know the proper way to mulch, you know, too thick here, not thick enough there, uh, maybe not to their liking or to their specific um, a way that their particular uh, mindset wanted. Um, so I'd have to learn. That was something that I would have to be very diligent to understand both who the person was and what they were expecting or wanting, and then even just the proper way to perform different tasks. And that was something that didn't come, like you're saying, immediately. Mm. You, you grow into that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of trial and error. But fast forward to when I started working straight out of high school uh, with my current employer, Engineered Systems. I could immediately put to use for engineered systems some of those character qualities that I was learning. So I learned how to be diligent and to be um, alert. So that way, when I first went to the job site, I wouldn't rush in and say, okay, what am I supposed to do today? You know, do I sit on my hands, uh, watch mm-hmm. someone else work, or do mm-hmm. I actually engage my mind, ask questions, mm-hmm. maybe anticipate where he's going with? that particular job and see if that's right and ask him questions about it. And so it actually helped me to develop into um, a better employee from day one where it could have taken me six months, a year to get to that same point. And so the experience starting off early um, really has paid off and actually helped me to really develop as a person for those that I'm around. And so when I, you know, was working, I was working with a gentleman named JJ. Uh, We had, in mm. my first year to work with him, mm. more opportunities to talk about mm. personal matters. Wow. Um, because I wasn't asking as many questions as I might needed to otherwise. You know, um, and not to say that we weren't learning the job. He was very good to teach me what was important. But I had a certain skill set that was coming in with that helped get rid of distractions. So that time spent with JJ um, was personable. In that one year, we got very close uh, Mm. before I was sent off to work with someone else there um, in a way that I I don't, you know, the Lord knows that uh, was very divine in how that actually all came together. And so that was just um, something that would not have happened if I hadn't started learning and developing who I was and these character qualities and and really disciplines in my life as well. Um, that's uh, that's part of what character is, is putting the right disciplines to yeah. be part of uh, day in and day out. <laughs> yeah, kind of reminds me of a verse in uh, Proverbs. It says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you had waited till you went to work for engineered systems to, let's say, work out your muscles, your spiritual muscles, you would be starting from scratch and have a long ways to go. But because you started in your teen years working out mm-hmm. your spiritual muscles with the character and the wisdom and understanding of Christ and the Bible, by the time you got to the workforce time of starting into that, you were strong and you and, and you had been building your spiritual muscles so that 
you didn't have to faint in the day of adversity as far as whatever challenges came your way in the workforce mm-hmm. job. So uh, with that said, uh, Ben, um, this character development is a lifetime venture. Mm. Okay, Amen. I want to read a couple of uh, quotes from the book here and also explain why we chose the hymn. Uh, first quote has to do with parenting. I appreciate the way they explain this because there's no perfect parents in the world and we're a work in progress. Every parent would would say, I wish I could do it over again. And grandparents, uh, you know, I'm still learning uh, what, what and how to do it. But here's what they say about uh, uh, a lifetime venture as far as uh, character and growing to be like Christ and be fruitful in our family. We are not parents who have successfully raised five children of impeccable character. Our 16-year-old still rolls his eyes with an exasperated expression that seems to say, if only my parents were as mature as I am. (laughs) When we minded again to do what we have asked, our 11-year-old daughter still fuss with her 14-year-old brother. Neither are we adults of sterling character. I continue to say things to my husband that I regret in five minutes. Instead of, indeed, in a home with kids 18, 16, 14, and twins nearly 12, and two strong-willed, opinionated parents, we are in the school of character building. We are not parents who have finished. Rather, we are people in process. We have learned that there is great freedom and a great joy in growing in character together, the parents being co-learners with the sons and daughters. None of us are there perfectly yet, but we're learning of Christ together. Now, there's another quote here I want to read. God himself becomes our partner in the whole process, this lifetime venture of developing Christ-like character. God himself becomes our partner in the whole process And as we learn to depend upon Him, trust Him, and obey Him, He shapes our souls. We don't do it all alone. He enables us and our children to grow and to become so much better than we are. All of us are people in process, and none of us has attained full moral character, maturity, or consistency. Hardly a day goes by that we do not realize, if we are ruthlessly honest with ourselves, how easily we ourselves succumb to excuse-making, expediency, expediency, selfishness, and trickery. But however inconsistent we may be, it is not too late to begin to grow again. So you can see their frame and their attitude is, uh, you know, it reminds me of the proverb that says, where um, the path of the just is like a shining light that shines more and more till the perfect day. Uh, until Christ comes back again, there's no perfection in the world because we have a sin nature within us. We're going to be a work in progress until we take our last breath on planet Earth. So the path of the just is like a shining light that grows more and more to the perfect day. And that's why we picked out the hymn 
that we played at the beginning, I'm pressing on the -hmm. upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. So you're walking with humility. You're walking with humility. And if you don't have that, you know, the Bible says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, sons and daughters know that parents aren't perfect. You certainly knew I wasn't perfect <laughs> and your mom. So, you know, we, we don't want to be pretending that we, you know, uh, we've arrived and, you know, you kids haven't arrived. Uh, we're all learning of Christ and, we're, and every day is a new venture. No matter how many times we come to the same character quality, we can still fail. To manifest that right. quality. You got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, uh, oh man, I appreciate this point so much in the fact that it is something that you, you will feel like a two steps forward and one step back at points. Mm. Um, you know, as different seasons of life change and you think you've conquered um, certain aspects of, a, of, of your character, of who you are, and you think it's solidified. And then the very next day is when you're tempted in a new way. Uh, that brings a whole nother level of um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> you just get, you got to work on it more. Mm. Um, and and one of the things when we really talk about the parents, and it gives so much um, relief and comfort too. When when you realize as a parent, you know I'm not there yet, but uh, just looking at that coming up in our future and uh, seeing how brothers and sisters and you and mom have. Uh, accomplish this that uh, you know we are working through this together as imperfect people Amen. you know Amen. to to that whole point is that you can't hold someone to a perfect standard now they have a they have a better grasp on it sometimes especially ones that are in authority over you um, should should hopefully have some more experience there they should right? be further down the road right yeah but to realize that when you both get angry for silly reasons or for something, you know, that you both have to continue to work on that. And one thing that I even thought about was uh, they mention in the book uh, that, w- that we reference is the, this pursuit of character development throughout your lifetime has been lost mm. in most of our culture today. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very evident, if you look out there, that we are um, swayed by our emotions, by our entertainment, by what we feel, um, what's important uh, to us only. You know, if it doesn't prof- profit me, then there's no reason to continue on with this. And that was something that kind of grasped uh, me as well, is that uh, that's part of it, is that character... Um, it, it has implications outside of you. Yeah. Um, and it grows tenfold sometimes, depending on your influence with different people. Mm-hmm. Um, your family being one of them for dad, for yep. you and I. Yep. You know, you have yep. 10 kids that now have, uh, was it 22? 22 grandchildren. Grandchildren yep. children that you've affected just from our home and upbringing that you've brought us into this character mm-hmm. quality. Let me read that quote Ben uh, referenced. Uh, again, the book is called What Really Matters at Home. I highly recommend it. Um, so much of what I emphasize in our home and family over the years. When I found this particular book just a few months ago, uh, and I read the book, I said, uh, you know, John and Susan are emphasizing the same types of things that I was emphasizing uh, from a fresh perspective. That's right. And so... Um, Here's what they said about character in our country, our nation. 
They said, during the first 150 years or so of our nation's history, Americans thought of success in terms of character. Hundreds of books, articles, and essays were published. One of the most famous is Ben Franklin's autobiography. The chief emphasis was the necessity of people becoming people of character. Basic to the way of thinking was the conviction that both happiness and success in life are directly related to becoming a person who is honest, kind, industrious, and good, and so forth. You could just list all the character qualities. Now, again, we can't produce this character apart from Jesus Christ. Right. So it has to come back to salvation and conversion and being born again. But what's your thoughts, Ben? That, uh, but, and that's it in a nutshell, is that the reason that people found that that was uh, success, why that was happiness, that was joy uh, to them, was because that's exactly right. Uh, these are character qualities that Jesus Christ, uh, that's who he is. And so by us living them out, we, true, we do truly find joy and happiness through that. Um, obviously, as unbelievers, it's still going to leave a void there for you, and that truly can't be filled through only uh, the Holy Spirit filling that void for you. Mm-hmm. But the reason that there is a level of success there is because the essence of it, the beginning stages of it, are exactly that. you got a, founda- a foundation to build upon in your life. So, uh, Ben, you were talking about young men in character. You had an opportunity in Sunday school, uh, youth meetings, different opportunities to minister to teens Mm -hmm. by teaching them, and you uh, felt led to talk about character with them. How did you approach it, and why did you approach it the way you did? Yeah, so I was given the opportunity uh, to start out with uh, Sunday school to middle school boys um, at, uh, at church there. And the whole approach was I had to kind of come up with my own curriculum um, and or, you know, get different resources, uh, you know, I was allowed to look into and uh, present and whatnot. Uh, but I immediately thought of this, uh, up, what we're talking about right now with our upbringing is that I want these young men to be geared for success. There's a lot of distractions in middle school when you're 11, 12, 13 that can quote-unquote, be more important to you, whether that's school or family engagements, sports, homework, uh, you know, musical instruments. You know, these are all different skills and talents that you are trying to uh, grow uh, and can take precedence. But I wanted to help them to see the importance of what really is going to shape them when they're in their 30s, when they're just getting into college, you know, when people are challenging them for their faith or putting them in uh, hard situations when they're asked to do things with their employers that they know are not right. This mm-hmm. is what the what the real beginning looks like is if you can truly say that I want to live with integrity, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If, if I want to be responsible, mm-hmm. um, if I want to be diligent in all that I do, uh, these character qualities, again, going back to just, just some of them here, is that I wanted them to have something, that, that foundation, to where they knew what they could fall back on or what they actually needed to drive forward with. It's not even a fallback, but what they could actually engage during their time. And, and again, it was a opportunity to be with them week after week. We could memorize these character qualities. Um, we would uh, 
do different activities. One of the ones that I remember they really engaged with is I wrote a, uh, I think it was like a two or three page story. And I involved all of them that were in Sunday school in different ways in this little story. And then when the story was over, I asked them to pick out different ways a character, the character qualities were used in that story. And I had a few, you know, that I tried to make sure that there's at least this one or that one that was in that story. Um, but as we talked through, they came up with, you know, a whole lot more and they explained why they actually really engaged wow. to understand Praise God. Praise uh, God. what these characters are about. And that's kind of the point is that, uh, I wanted them to have an application, mm. you know, when they go and do something, it's not just, Hey, I'm there, mm. but there's a purpose to it. I'm mm. driven, you yeah. know, to do whatever it is. Amen. Amen. And you know, um, what I think of hearing you talk about this is, um, you know, when Jesus was 12 years old, right before going into his teen years, uh, when, when you, young men, you you were teaching young men, but young men and young ladies, when they're moving into uh, their teen years, um, you know, parents have said for years, just wait till your children get to be in their teen years. It's a challenging time. Mm-hmm. But at the age of 12, the Lord Jesus, getting ready to go into his teen years in his humanity, he had purpose in life. Mm-hmm. He was building his life around God's purpose for his life. God the Father. You know, he said, I always do the will of my Father in heaven. And it says that um, he said at that time when he was 12, I must be about my heavenly Father's business. And that's what I think of based on what you just described. Because I heard you say one of your goals was for them to have a wise use of their time Mm -hmm. during the teen years and not waste their time or be frivolous Mm -hmm. with their time, but invest their life. Don't wait until you're 18 and say, okay, I'm a man now. You know, I can start being mature. You can reach maturity in your teen years. Mm -hmm. You can be about the kingdom of God in your teen years. You can be about understanding purpose in life before you reach 18, so that by the time you reach 18, and like when you went into the workforce, you're not starting to, just now starting to develop your spiritual muscles. So it's it's wonderful to see that happen in the teen years, where young people catch a vision for the kingdom of God and how they now can advance the kingdom of God. And even uh, to that same point, just like Jesus Christ at 12, um, one of the Two men that we use in our Sunday school class as examples was David uh, and Timothy for that same exact reason that you're talking about here. Mm. Uh, we know from a very early point that their life was categorized uh, mm. by their disciplines. Mm. For for uh, Timothy, mm. he you know knew the scriptures from his uh, mother and grandmother, mm. um, so he was ready for when Paul was to call him to work with him, mm-hmm. uh, even from a, a young man's standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing with David. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he developed the strength and the the, the Psalms uh, and whatnot at an early age when he was out meditating in the fields. So that way when he was king or ready to be mm-hmm. in that position, mm-hmm. he'd already developed uh, 
throughout those years to be ready to fulfill the mm-hmm. godly role that they had. Now, both of those examples were they were engrafting the scriptures mm-hmm. into their life, in their teen years. And, uh, you know, memorizing scripture in your teen years, meditating on scripture, God promises if you meditate on my word day and night, I will make you successful in everything you put your hand to. So you can't go wrong if your heart motive is sincere to advance God's kingdom and glorify God. You can't go wrong by spending time memorizing Scripture. And then, again, focus on these character qualities. Um, The character qualities um, are developed in the midst of uh, problems in life. Uh, You know, you can learn the definition. You can hear a podcast about it. You can sit in a Sunday school about it, but when you are in the life situation and you respond with humility, you respond with long-suffering, you, know, you re- respond with patience. I mean, these are all character qualities. You know, in, the, in, the, uh, in Psalms, it says, it is good for me that I have been afflicted. Because if I respond with humility and meekness and lowliness and long-suffering to the circumstances... It says in Psalms, it's good for me that I might be afflicted, that God's word and the truth and all the wonder of what God reveals in his word opens up to me. But you won't respond uh, and say, oh, I'm so glad for this affliction. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you say, hey, there's character qualities here I can develop to become like Christ. Do you see anything there? Yeah, uh, that's part of the growth process, too, is that... um you start out with small issues. The Lord brings; mm. Um, mm. He doesn't He doesn't overflow you with afflictions that you cannot bear. That's right. Um, and sometimes the afflictions don't get any larger because we haven't learned. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but part of that is is that sometimes things are looming that need mm-hmm. to be addressed mm-hmm. um, for us to be more more purified yeah. through our heavenly Father. Yeah. And we have to respond in in this character well. We actually have to engraft it so that way we can tackle the larger challenge that's before us. That's right. We don't even know what it is per se, but the Lord knows that we have to grow to get to that level. To get to that level. So one final point, and we'll bring this to a close. Uh, you mentioned uh, David, and you know he was able to go up against Goliath. All the other soldiers, that's right. they were not ready to go up against Goliath. They were not prepared to go up against Goliath. David was still in his youth. His dad asked him to do a menial task. Take the bread and take the cheese to your brother and the soldiers on the field. Now, if you will, you know, how many uh, teenagers like taking the garbage can out and emptying it or cleaning the toilet or some such thing? But if you will be faithful in menial tasks, and develop character qualities to be like Christ by doing menial tasks, God will work through your life in supernatural ways. To uh, You will be the one who's able to go up against the evil of the Goliaths in our day. God will work through as a young, you, you as a young man with just a slingshot. Mm. You know, he developed a skill based on the character that he had with that slingshot So when he went up against Goliath, he said, you come to me with a sword and you come to me with a a shield. 
He didn't say, I come to you with a slingshot. <laughs> he said, I come to you in the name of my Lord, in the name of the Lord God, because he had proven in his t um, uh, smaller things of life, mm -hmm. you know, the uh, menial things of life that where nobody was watching. Nobody knew he was developing that character. But then when he got to the battlefield, he was strong mm -hmm. to go up against Goliath. And that goes back full circle to kind of how we started with it uh, not being a reputation by men, mm. but rather it's true character inside of you. You know, when you live it out, when no one's watching, uh, yeah. when it's during the hard times and it comes, right. it comes out appropriately. Yeah. Um, just a little example I was reminded of last week is of um, one of our missionaries, Sam, Sam Gillette. Uh, someone was telling me at church about how they remembered when he came back from the mission field. He got a job uh, at a department store at the mall. They saw him one day. He was on his hands and knees scrubbing the floor. Hmm. Um, and they asked him, oh, why are you doing that? I thought you'd retired or whatnot. I was like, well, I'm trying to earn extra money to put back into those uh, in the mission field. Back, back to India. Exactly. Yeah, right. I, I remember talking with him about that. Yeah, that's a great example. Ben, it's been a great joy, man. It's a great joy to have you do this with me. It's been a pleasure. And, and uh, you know, we talked about, <laughs> we had so much material, we were probably going to have to do another one. So <laughs> we'll look forward to, uh, you know, whenever the Lord's timing is right to do another uh, podcast together. But we got a good start here. And uh, we're going to uh, play our song again, Higher Ground. We're pressing on the upward way. Mm. New heights we're gaining every day.